Our next guest is Tracy from the UK. She is our first international guest, which is super cool. She reached out to me last month and offered to be on our show, so I am extremely honored. She was a PA for 25 years and is now a business homeowner. We're going to dive right into her story because she did her podcast remotely, so this is kind of a new thing. To anyone listening, I hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to donate on the website. My abuser was my husband. My second abuser was my ex-husband. I met him when I was 32, so that was actually 22 years ago now. I was a secretary where he started work. Um, I'd never had any really serious relationships. Um, The longest had been six months. And when I did meet men, um, because of my low self-esteem based on my upbringing, I basically attracted all the narcissists out there. Um, In fact, I actually attracted two types of guys. They were either really, really cruel, outright narcissists, or what I would call the covert narcissists who were more who were controlling but in but in a you know very sweet on the outside but actually still had that control element because they were often quite childlike and it was like they needed my help you know um and they became quite sort of besotted and I found that difficult as well so when I got to 32 um I was actually quite happy to be on my own to be honest with you um and I had pretty much done with men and then I met my husband um he'd been married before um, and he had two grown-up children and um, initially I didn't see anything in him you know other than he was I was working for him but over time he got um, he made me feel really good about myself Um, I'd never had a man be like that before he knew about my upbringing um, and he was like, your hair's really lovely, or, you know, you've highlighted your hair today, or, and say really quite nice, sweet things. Anyway, long story short, he moved to Los Angeles to open up the UK branch of the business we both worked for. He was very endearing, and although he wasn't my type per se, he was so much kinder or seemed to be so much kinder than anyone I'd met before. He did have an insecurity about him, um, but I was naive as to personality types and I didn't see that as being anything really or really understanding what that might be. Um, I could see that he could be quite sulky sometimes. Um, and again, I just put that down to insecurity. And to be honest with you, I am someone who just likes to help people. And I got the impression that, you know, that we'd make a good team. So I moved to LA to be with him. And from the day I arrived, it just all changed. It just felt really different. He wasn't cruel. There was no cruelty in our marriage whatsoever. So I need to say this. There was no physical violence. But... The damage he did to me was very subtle and it it went over 20 years. The first thing he did was he used to walk around LA with his hand very tightly clasped on my neck and it felt strange. It didn't feel loving. Um, It felt controlling and that really was the start of our marriage and our relationship. My first memory of abuse, I suppose, really. It's it's hard to say, and I think sometimes I sound like I'm struggling here. I'm not really struggling. I just want to get the words right. 
the hold in my neck felt strange. He stopped the terms of endearment and he felt quite cold. Um, so any physical intercourse didn't feel warm or loving. Um, I kept questioning myself, kept thinking it was because of my upbringing and maybe I was really needy, but it was like he completely changed. Um, I was very lonely out there and he didn't seem to want me to make any friends and I made some friends and he immediately said he didn't like them. Um, I then one night wanted to go out with them and I'm 14 years younger than him and I asked him if he'd come with me and he said no he wouldn't but he didn't want me to go either and I laughed thinking it was a joke and I said well I want you to go and he said no I'm not going to go with you and he said I don't want you to go and I said well I'm going and at least I stood up to him. He didn't speak to me for a whole week and he made me feel like a child and that pretty much was our life really there was there was episodes of that on a weekly basis but I suppose the thing the biggest thing that happened was we were due to move back to the UK in 2002 and prior to that my husband had asked me if there was any if we were to move back to the UK when we moved back to the UK you know like he basically said if you were running a business what brands would you like you know what would you do and I came up with three very valid business ideas and in 2002 he got made redundant it turned out for the third time and I didn't know this and he basically said we're going to start a business and I want you to ring the company up that you've just talked about and a year ago and we're going to distribute the brand that is where my life completely and utterly changed because I knew it didn't feel like a marriage it didn't even feel like a business partnership it felt like control and I said to him but I don't want to run a business and I want to have a family and a normal life. And if we, in fact, I didn't want to leave the US, to be honest, I was really happy. We had an opportunity to move to San Francisco. And he said, no, we're moving back to the UK. I don't like it here. We're moving back. We're going to run this business. And I said, what about children? And he said, well, that's not convenient. And I said, why don't you just go and get a normal job? And he said, I don't want a normal job. I'm going to run a business and I'm going to run it with you. My first wife wouldn't have made a good businesswoman. You do. And that was it. I mean, that was my life. I, everything changed then. And I spent 12 years running a business with him. And I felt very slowly I was dying inside. He would often remind me that... Um, if I got emotional or tired or stressed or told him I was overworked and we worked ridiculous hours. I quite often was in the office until late at night. And whenever I'd ask him for more help or support, he'd say that I was being silly, overdramatic, and he'd remind me about my childhood. Um, he had an attitude where he would often fall out with people. He didn't like any of my friends. So gradually I had no friends and all I really had was the business friends, which really weren't our friends because they were acquaintances. And the truth of the matter was I wasn't very happy. And I don't want to sound like a victim here, but I did feel like a victim, obviously. But I put on a very happy, smiley face. You never know anything was wrong. And there were elements of the business I really, really liked. But um, from about 2010, I really knew that I was desperately unhappy. I was going to bed crying. We'd had no physical intimacy for at least 11 years. Um, I could hardly even hold his hand. He was always telling me off, putting me down, brushing my, brushing hairs off my shoulder. Just, it's really 
uh, like deeply psychological stuff. It doesn't sound anything big on the scale of things. But if you imagine every day someone sort of correcting you or fussing over or telling you your hair's out of place or you've got a cold sore on your lip, um, it really, really undermined your confidence. And he kept me on a low wage in the business and I just felt like a lackey. So in 2010... I tried to verbalise how I felt with my husband. I said that I loved him, but I felt that we didn't really have a marriage and that I wasn't happy. And I felt like we needed counselling and that I was very scared, actually. I said I was very scared for when we sold the business, what would be left, because I didn't think there was anything left. And he just completely ignored me. Um, And... I was just absolutely dying inside my, I was going through my menopause and I was just absolutely, I can't, I can hardly describe it. I just felt like I was drinking too much. I was, I was overweight. My head was pounding all the time. I was just felt really sick. I was absolutely exhausted. Um, Wasn't eating well, wasn't sleeping well, working so hard in the business. And I think for me, really the last three years of the business were really like the last straws because he seemed to take a back seat and pretty much leave things to me, which put incredible pressure on me. Um, And I was so exhausted. Um, And then he basically said he wanted to leave London when we sold the business and move to the sea. And I can only really describe this period now as a bit of a period of madness, but it was like... I couldn't stop. It was like I was on a freight train and I knew it was heading towards an absolutely huge cloud. And I knew that I was very close to a nervous breakdown, not just because of my marriage, but because of my relationship with my mother, which was dreadful. I mean, when she'd come up and stay, I could hardly speak to her. Um, And she was always so angry with me, even in my 40s. She was still speaking to me like I was a little girl. And between her and my husband, I just suddenly realised that I'd I'd had enough and I wanted to be happy. And even though I knew a storm was coming, I, I just couldn't... I didn't want it, but I didn't want to not have it, if you know what I mean. I knew... That was it. And the end was was nigh, really. Um, So in 2014, we left London very, very quickly and we moved to the country, um, to Dorset. And it was dreadful. And I and what I mean by that is I think the day I arrived, I just literally didn't stop crying. And I mean, floods of tears. I was suicidal. Um, And I would never say that lightly. Um, respect to those people that have you know have taken their own lives or have been really you know seriously attempting to do it um but I remember I was on the phone to my doctors every single day she was ringing me worried about what I might do um and my husband just seemed it was really like the final straw really for me because he seemed like he just didn't care I mean he'd be watching television laughing completely oblivious of me, how I was feeling, how unhappy I was. He got everything he wanted. We had this house. He he'd moved me away. I didn't know anybody, and it felt like control all over again. But now it was even worse. We had no business business. We had no distraction. It was just me and him, and I didn't know what happened to the sales, the proceeds of the business. Um, he wasn't going to pay me any sort of 
maintenance which had been agreed he kept cancelling the direct debit and these sound such petty petty things but I can't you know I can all I can say is that there was such subtle ish things that went on every day um and this was a culmination and I turned to him and I said I can't bear it anymore I can't and I actually told him that I loved him but I couldn't be with him anymore and that I felt that we were codependent of each other and that this wasn't a marriage. This was cruel for both parties, you know, that the marriage had been over a long time ago, that he hadn't wanted to fight for it. Um, and that I'd felt, you know, my self-esteem had completely gone. Um, he never looked at me like a woman or a wife. I felt like I was, I don't know what it was always. I always felt like I was a commodity. I always felt like that. Like he'd, he found me useful, you know, found me useful for the business. But I almost thought, well, now we're retired. Now what am I, you know? Um, so I, I said that we needed to split up, which is obviously very upsetting. But he didn't really seem to be um, that upset. Um, so I moved. And I'm so much luckier than some. We had financial, you know, enough finances to be, you know, splitting the money and I could walk away and I know that I'm really lucky in that way um but I think then that's when really the trouble started because having been under his control for nearly 20 years I literally realized I was just like a child he had kept me as child apart from in the business um but and the home life I was a child. I couldn't start the dishwasher right. I couldn't do anything right. And because of that, I then was on my own and very, very vulnerable. That was in 2016 that we actually eventually um, split up. And it's been a real struggle. And it's only now in 2019, at the latter part of 2019, with a massive amount of hard work. And I took everything from going to see Tony Robbins to NLP, CBT, counselling, spiritual mentoring you know friends party walking walking exercise drinking far too much but actually got myself back on track now and it really is now in the year 2019 that I've got myself back in track and it's been really traumatic and my physical and my mental health have taken a real battering I am not the person I was in 2014 um and I know I'm older, and that's, you could say that, you know, obviously when you're in your 50s, you're going to be different. But um, it's left me scarred and quite traumatised, I have to say, although I'm in a lot better place now. And that's why I want to help people with my decluttering business. But my advice really to someone who is has trauma um, or is, who needs to escape is that, find by whatever means necessary escape it's not going to be easy it's it's not easy it doesn't matter whether you've got money behind you support family friends because whatever situation you're in you're you're you've got an attachment to these people <laughs> and even today as I'm you know talking about this I still have an attachment to both my husband and my mother. And I can honestly say that I still love them. But it isn't a healthy love. And I know that I've had to put up boundaries and 
and also you know learn to respect myself and love myself basically now so that there's no there's no going back um and I think for those of you that have gone through childhood trauma and maybe now when you're reflecting back on your life there have been a lot of issues and things have not always gone right it's it's not always nice to have to go back there but you almost have to when I um split with my husband at the same time as dealing with that I um confronted my mother I say confrontation is probably the wrong word um I very gently said that things could no longer stay as they were and I actually gave her a copy of The Secret to read which is a really powerful book and I said that things had to change and that I couldn't continue anymore and she literally said what damage has she done she didn't seem to remember and I just told her briefly and I said the emotional damage has been very traumatic to me and it still is it will always be a part of me um I always say I'm never fixed I'm a work in progress um I am so much better than I was and you know I'm just very mindful now of what's happened and I think for anyone out there you know find the strength to do it because you will be better and you will get to the other side just keep you know imagining what you want from your life and you are worth so much more than what your abuser is putting you through and grow strong you know make yourself strong and there are ways that you can do that there's so many great books out there now you know you've got to go you've got to go strong yourself and I don't mean just hitting the gym obviously you could do that too but I mean that you almost um you don't have to turn cold and hard um I still say I'm exactly the same person loving warm and friendly but I now have like a radar <laughs> and it works really well um trust me down here in Dorset there's there's loads of um narcissists about and um isn't there everywhere and um, I'm very mindful of that so I'm much more protected now and I'm much more stronger than I ever was and um my final words really are um you know we all deserve to be happy I truly believe that we're born happy um I really do believe that I think the minute you come out of the womb you're born happy of course you have genetic traits but your environment is what creates you and if you can make yourself strong even from a young age if you can and protect yourself up and you know from the outside world if you like really and don't think take things personally I know it's very difficult when things like that are happening to you but just get yourself strong get yourself away from your abuser um you know those people tend to not change they are just who they are um but be good with, you know love yourself I think that's probably my best word I could go on forever as you can tell but honestly my best my best advice to anyone is like love yourself because once you love yourself you will never ever allow anyone to treat you like that again so I'd like to say thank you very much to the lovely Clara for inviting me to do this podcast this is very lovely for me speaking to you from the UK I absolutely adore the US and I hope to make it back there soon and that's it for me thank you very much